The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. So you're listening to Very Loose Women um, on Resonance 104.4 FM. You've just heard Club Integral. Um, and I think this is the last Very Loose Women of the year, although Leo and I were a bit confused about this. So hopefully no one's expecting us to come in next week and you might hear a whole half hour of dead air if you do. So thanks for tuning in. As ever, I'm Emma and I'm joined by... Leo, hi. And we're joined by award-winning male model Calvin DeKlein. Decline. Calvin. Calvin. Decline. Hi, Calvin. Hi. Um, We're going to start as usual with a gripe of the week. I've got two gripes of the week. One is kind of a gripe, but it's also a bit of a mini celebration in a way. Um, Today, Leo and I experienced our our first um, trolling on the internet, I think. We did. Kind of accidental, though. Yeah, we were mistaken. I don't know how people got confused, but we were mistaken for the Loose Women TV show. I don't know why people were (laughs) confused about that. Um, But yeah, two different people commented that we should not have had Katie Price on our show. Uh, rest assured, listeners, we have never had Katie Price on our show and I think are quite unlikely to. I should so, say, yes. Katie Price, if you do want to come on our show, you're more than welcome. Hold on, we don't want more. <laughs> I don't want more trolling. Two is enough. Um, but yeah, okay, so that's gripe number one. And my other gripe is that, as we all know, Hanukkah's just around the corner and someone was making a dreidel for me, but it's just not quite finished. It's been a year in the making and I just think it's not going to be ready in time for some dreidel games on Hanukkah. So I'm pretty disappointed about that. Can I follow up from that for just to comment on your beautiful performance this week uh, at Yiddish Choir? Um, I have to say that Emma was very wonderful singing. What was it? A Yiddish version of uh, Hallelujah of Leonard Cohen's song, which That's I just true. thought was beautiful. So there was a whole Yiddish Choir performance. Um, so thank you, thank you for coming. Oh, well, it was wonderful. Uh, I guess my gripe has nothing to do with that, so it's not that. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's mainly that I've been I've got like deadlines for around the sixteenth of January and. Just, I just wish the deadlines were either tomorrow or just not having to do those essays. I find that very frustrating. You know how you leave everything to the last minute? I say you, I mean I. And, and that doesn't sit well because it's kind of, you know, it's over your head. And so, but then on top of that, I've just been really busy, but not in a worky way, but in a social way. So it feels like fun busy, but bad busy, but good busy. That's a confusing complaint. Um, <laughs> Calvin, what's your problem this week? What's your gripe? Well, I just, you know, I was going to see my tailor uh, about fixing some of my suits up because you can't ever wear something off the rack. Of course. And, you know, he just, you know, he wasn't taking into account the fit of my shoes into the hemming of my trousers. And I just found that unacceptable. What kind of a tailor is this? Yeah, you just it's, can't find the tailors in this town, can you? Obviously not. So, Calvin, can you tell us a little bit more about your job? What do you do? I'm a male model. Well, amateur, but male model. And what is your workout routine? How do you get in shape for that role? Well, basically, you know, abs are, you know, 90% in the kitchen, as they say. So I make sure to eat a very clean diet. And then I spend about six hours in the gym every day. Wow. How do you have time for anything else? Well, I'm a male model. I don't really need time for anything else. Good point. And what about the ladies? Have you had much success in that arena? Well, a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell. And are you a gentleman? Well, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Suffice to say, with a face like mine, I do just fine. Wow. You're so smooth, Calvin. Um, Okay, and what about your political beliefs? Can you let us into any of those? How are you feeling about the state of the world? I mean, you know, things are going fine. It doesn't seem like anything's really particularly negative at this point. I'm, you know, I'm quite happy with the way things are going. I mean, 
as an American, as a white male, it's fine. It's all going well for you. Yeah, let's let's hear a bit more about that. Some say it was the absolute best ad of the Super Bowl. He is the new face, well, okay, the new abs of Calvin Klein. Why did I vote for Donald Trump? His willingness to be politically incorrect. What do you have to do to lose my vote? Uh, be a socialist like Bernie or be a criminal like Hillary? What if he turned out to have a tattoo of a swastika on his shoulder? He probably does. And you would still vote for him? I mean, uh, I got friends that have swastikas on their arms, so, I mean, and they're cool. I'm going to accuse decent Americans who support this campaign, your campaign, of being racists, which we're not. Over the past year, he's insulted women, Mexicans, disabled people, Jews, the Chinese, Muslims, immigrants, and our intelligence. Not only has this done him no harm, it's actually served him very well. Since Election Day, the Southern Poverty Law Center has been tracking the number of hate incidents reported in the media and directly to the civil rights groups. Nationwide, they have tallied nearly... So, that was, as you might have... I don't know if you would have guessed that, actually, listeners, but we had a a semi-pseudo-guest in the studio, um, Calvin DeKlein, who is kind of the alter ego, maybe, um, of... Ari is in the studio today. So hi, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Can you tell us, can you explain a little bit about that track and maybe tell us a bit about what you do? Um, So I'm a drag king. um, And I think drag kings are people who explore masculinity on stage as a performative element. Um, I mean, I suppose a misconception might be that they're women dressing as men. And I, I think that's something I really like to try and battle uh, it's anyone who has an interest in portraying masculinity on stage. It can be anyone of any gender, much as drag queens can be anyone of any gender. But uh, that track is me basically trying to make a statement about the election. As you may have guessed by my accent, I am in fact American. You and Calvin both. <laughs> me and Calvin both. Strange how that works out. It's almost as if I can't convincingly do another accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Essentially, the, yeah, the track is me making a statement about, I think, a perceived notion that the blame on Donald Trump is being levied on a lot of different people, um, but not necessarily Trump supporters. And I think that we need to be clear that people who voted for Trump are to blame for Donald Trump and the people who support Donald Trump are to blame for Donald Trump. I mean, there are other factors at play and economic and social factors at play. In essence, if if you voted for him, you should be blamed for it, I, I guess. I mean, that's maybe a hard line to take, but... I'm that seems kind of fair. Um, so how did you first get involved with drag kinging? As you've reliably informed me, that is a verb that I can use. So <laughs> thank you for that. Yes, I've decided it is. <laughs> um, I first got into it by doing... There's a drag king competition that happens at the Glory called Man Up. Uh, and it happened. it's happened twice now. Uh, and the first one, I... Well, my flatmate at the time was a drag... Or is a drag queen at flat... Anyway, tensing is strange language, English. The person um, is still a drag queen, but, but is no, no longer, longer your my flatmate. flatmate. Yes, it. yes, that's what <laughs> it worked in my mind, not so much in speech. Rodent Decay, uh, the drag queen, uh, had participated in Lip Sync 1000, which is another competition at the Glory, which is basically, as it sounds, about lip sync. Um, and usually for, well, it is for drag queens. Um, and 
my flatmate then said, like, you should do this competition. It sounds really cool. And I was kind of like, ooh, well, you know, like, I do performance sometimes, and and I think it's really interesting and fun, and I've done stage makeup before, so I might as well try it out. It was a lot of fun, and I met some really amazing people. And I didn't, I mean, I participated in my heat. I didn't get through to the final. <laughs> but um, then I kind of got the bug and decided to keep performing. But I think you can blame Rodent Decay for me being a drag king. So how did you, can you kind of explain the persona that you have? So like, how did you create Calvin and what are your aims with him? Well, I would say I first created the idea that my character was going to be a male model because I thought I can do the makeup. I'm not really sure what else I can do because I'm not really sure if I'm confident enough to do any of the other things I usually perform in. I am a musician, but I'm really nervous about performing musically. I think because the more precious you are about something, the more nervous it makes you when you do it on stage. Um... And I'm almost too precious about music to perform it sometimes. And I mean, for better or for worse. And I, I actually started acting to get better at my like stage presence in music. But then I got the bug for acting and one story led to another. And I ended up in London after living in California. But <laughs> anyway, um, I would say that I essentially thought that if... My character was a male model. It gave me something to do with just knowing that I could do the makeup. And then the persona kind of fell in after that. And the look has developed over time. Like, uh, But essentially the persona came around where I thought, well, I think as a society right now, we tend to be very focused on like ideal forms of beauty or ideal forms of like masculinity or ideal forms of femininity. And if I start from that place, it'll be easy to explore what it might what might mean to not be that or what it means to be that, but not actually fulfill that that goal. So is there a kind of um, ritual that you go through in terms of putting the makeup on and what are the steps towards going from you to Calvin Decline? Well, yeah, I, I suppose practically speaking, I do have to like tape down my, um, my breasts uh, and... I sometimes, depending on the act, if I'm going to be doing like open shirt work or taking off my shirt, I will fully like put foundation all over my like chest and like stomach and then like six pack, pecs, like lots of contouring, like more contouring than I ever thought I would ever do because I never wear makeup other than when I perform. Um, and yeah, so foundation all over the face. Uh, I slick my hair back um, and... I take off the glasses <laughs> and I do basically shape, reshape my face using like uh, guidelines of male models. Like I base my face kind of off a mix of Niall DeMarco and David Gandy. But I also have looked at like the abs of various Calvin Klein models. Just purely for research. Purely for research. <laughs> um, <laughs> purely. <laughs> So wistful. Um, I just kind of was wondering, like, obviously, drag queens, there's a bit of a, like, mainstreaming of the kind of concept of drag queens. But, like, mm -hmm. when did everyone first hear, like, everyone in this room, I mean, not everyone in the world, uh, first hear about the idea of drag kings? Because I know that, like, the first time I was kind of aware of the concept was when I watched a seminal lesbian drama, The L Word. I don't know if either of you have ever watched it's funny, it. funny, no, I have watched it. I don't remember. Oh, what, there was oh. this character that I, I really fell in love with, whose name, I think, was... Ivan, oh, I'm gonna say it in like a really non-right way. Ivan Acock, is that? Like, I, exactly? I think, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, Ivan um, Acock. Yeah. yeah, and that was the kind of first time I'd ever seen 
someone portraying a drag king, at least. Um, I don't know, when did you guys first hear of it? For me, it was, um, I went to Sheffield Dockfest last year, actually. Um, and there was like an iPlayer thing for Sheffield Marketplace. Um, and there was a 10 minute documentary on, on drag kings. I mean, it should have, I guess, kind of been obvious if, because I obviously knew about drag queens, but the fact that there would be drag kings, but it never really occurred to me before, before I saw that 10 minute documentary. Yeah. Um, well, I want to say actually that it probably was the L word for me as well, because I watched that when I was about 15 or 16 and I do remember Ivan, um, (laughs) I haven't made a really big impression on me, I have to say. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that was probably it. But it's been bigger in the US for longer. I mean, bigger being like a sort of relative term. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't say drag kings are like mainstream in the US, but they are starting to perform alongside queens in a way they haven't really quite yet in the UK in a mainstream fashion, where like the biggest some of the biggest venues for drag in, say, like L.A. will have drag kings on alongside queens sometimes, whereas that doesn't really happen here in the same way. That's actually a question I kind of wanted to ask you about, like the worlds of drag kings and drag queens and how do they interact and do you think they have similar aims? Well, it's hard. I mean, it's such a hard thing because they're, so, they're both very large worlds. Um, I mean, I would say, like, with drag queens in the mainstream the aims are pretty different than drag kings but then again the drag queens outside the mainstream have very very different goals the the drag queens i know and love definitely have similar goals to the drag kings that i know and love (laughs) i think the scenes are starting to interact on small levels in certain nights and at certain venues and i think that's great and i think you know the communities could do with having more direct interaction more nights need to book more acts of both and and or take take a risk on booking both and not assuming that an audience for one wouldn't come to the the show with another i've done a show called drag kings queens and in-betweens and they um they purposely seek out like acts of all sorts and bar whatever is happy to book whoever asks which is great um amazing venue when you're performing, who do you find are the best audience? I think an engaged audience is the best audience, <laughs> or standing audiences. I'm quite <laughs> weird about that. I love standing audiences. I love audiences that are standing. I love them when they're standing like right close to the stage. It can be tricky, I think, to read the audience when they're more static and sitting. I mean, I like a mix of sitting and standing as well, but, you know, if we're going to be like, my ideal audience is standing right next to the stage. Um, what kind of reception have you had then on and off stage as a drag king? It's been pretty good, I guess. I The look is quite well received. People really tend to like the sort of sharp suit, like very sort of dark, heavy like face and brow, uh, slick back hair kind of thing going on. And my performances are usually pretty well received. Off stage as well, people are fairly positive. Like every now and then you get someone who's maybe not sure about like what you've done or something like that. But generally, yeah, I just get a lot of people talking about, <laughs> it's awkward to say this because it makes me feel really like full of myself, but people talk about how sexy Calvin is a lot. <laughs> it's the abs. It is the abs. <laughs> it's probably the abs. How, how do you practice? Because you say like you've got all this contouring. How, do you, how did you know about how to do that? Um, so I did my like, stage stuff and I got into acting and theatre and I, I was in a play that I had to do a 
Grecian mask on my face and I just sort of paid attention to what my makeup artist was doing and then I used to sort of do it by myself and I mean when you're doing stage makeup anyway the sort of general principle is you have to like highlight your own facial features and contour your own facial features because you need to be seen under intense light and it does wash out your face if you're standing under a spotlight well front light more so washes out your face than a spotlight but quibbles um <laughs> i guess what i just realized is you well and i watched a lot of tutorials as well but you can draw on your face and contour features that aren't there um or create a contour that isn't naturally there mm. and that's quite fun do you feel like a different person when you're coming to Klein? on stage off stage absolutely not oh that's interesting <laughs> which most i think i'm one of the few who's like I'm I'm me I'm me, mm. but so hard. when when you finished your act and you come off stage but you've still got the makeup on you feel like that's no longer your character. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm easily able to put it back on again in the sense that like if I have to go back on stage, I'll put it back on, and it's much easier to pretend to be Calvin when I've got the makeup on and like the suit on. Mm than pretending to be Calvin when I'm dressed as I normally dress and without any makeup on. I want, I'm just wondering if you've ever been tempted to do a drag queen act then. Or is that something? No, actually, there, there, there are a couple of things kicking around with that. And I definitely want to play with the makeup that drag queens do or the style of makeup that is generally seen on a, on drag queens. I think that's very interesting and I would like to try it. So I've definitely, it's definitely been something I've considered I don't know if it'll happen soon or when or or where if it'll just be in the privacy of my own room when we were talking before about reactions to you something we discussed before we came on the show is that like sometimes you maybe presented things that were quite shocking to people can you kind of talk about and maybe we can even listen to a clip of some of the things that um can you yeah let us know what it was yeah um so I do an act where I basically, I think it's for about two minutes or two and a half minutes. Um, all of, I, I've clipped together a bunch of very sexist jokes or jokes that may not seem sexist at first, but in the context of all the other jokes become more sexist, I think, by <laughs> association. And that's like quite a long chunk of time to make people sit and just listen to jokes that are very, in a lot of ways, offensive. And I did have someone come up and, well... I did have someone say to me, I'm not sure if, you know, that's the right thing to do to, like, make people listen to these jokes. And if it is, like, I'm not sure you criticised it enough. And, you know, I think it is important for artists to, like, accept criticism. And I was happy to. Um, and I think I do reflect on that. And I'm still not sure. I mean, I think a lot of times, like, when you create art, and your only feedback loop is amongst your friends. You really need to find honest people who are going to tell you if something that you're doing isn't right. Um, most of the people I've talked to are pretty sensitive individuals who said that they think I should still do the piece, that it might cause that kind of discomfort, but the payoff might actually be worth that kind of thing. And it's like, ooh, like, do you accept like taking casualties like in art I think it might be worth us finding out now so <laughs> maybe let's like warn obviously we have warned our listeners but like there is going to be some offensive language coming up and some sexism yes and, yes extreme misogyny perhaps extreme, is more, yeah. <laughs> more the right term 
last night, I'm fucking this chick, right? And I says to her, I says, now I'm gonna proceed to come on your back. And she says to me, why do you want to come on my back? So I says, to be quite honest and frank with you, your face just don't appeal to me. Oh! Bridget, 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 close your legs. The K-I-D-S can see your cunt. Dude, there is an epidemic of gold-digging whores in this country. And every night I put on the news and I'm waiting for someone to address it. Every night, never see it, you know? And every night I bring up gold digging whores and the whole crowd pulls back like I'm up here talking about Bigfoot, right? Like I'm saying the moon's made out of cheese or something. Talking about whores, people. They're everywhere. How many? How many more great men are gonna get chopped in half before we do something? I thought it was sad, you know, that they had that pop concert to commemorate Diana. I mean, she didn't have much to do with pop music, did she? They should have done something that celebrated what was really great about her life by staging a gangbang in a minefield. <laughs> On the subject of abortions, a lot of people support a woman's right to choose. But I think, if I'm paying for it... <laughs> I'm joking, I never pay. It doesn't cost anything to fall down the stairs, does it? Some of these girls, I swear, they think I'm made of coat hangers. My sister's off the charts. I play practical jokes on her constantly, though. I got her so good a few weeks ago. I replaced her pepper spray with silly string. Anyway, that night, she got raped. And she called me the next day going, you son of a bitch! You got me so good. No, 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 no. As soon as I started spraying in the face, I'm like, Daniel! This is gonna really hurt. Funny. Did you hear that? Funny. The guy said, honey, you're a funny girl. That's me, I just keep them in stitches, doubled in half, and though I may For a laugh, I guess it's not funny. Life is far from sunny. When the dream is over and the 
jokes on you. To have a sense of humor That's one thing You really need for sure When you're a funny girl The fellas said A funny girl Funny Thank you for that. Um, did yeah, you that wanna, was amazing. Was amazing. Thanks so much did you want to comment at the end of that? To, is there anything you want to say about that? Um, well, I think, you know, it's interesting to do that dressed in a way that is very masculine. Um, I do have people mistake me for a man. And so when I sing, it, it can be quite good to that sort of high register of my voice can be quite a nice offset. We are very nearly out of time, so I just want to say thank you so much, Ari, Calvin, both thank of you, you for coming on. And I on. want to say something very important, which is that it's our friend Garrett's birthday today, and we'd like to dedicate this show to him. Happy yes, birthday, happy Garrett. Birthday, happy birthday. Um, thank you. Uh, if you want to plug a Twitter, maybe, or anything like that last time. Um, my page on Facebook, Calvin Decline Drag, um, spelled like the word decline, not like the actual um, designer. Got it. Yeah, oh, we're out. Okay, bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform that relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.